disciples how they should pray, and he says that you should always pray and never give up. So even in times like today with the, the shooting on our minds, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to pray? You might not know, but we should always pray and never give up. Uh, maybe, maybe you're in here and you, you pray before you eat, or you pray before you go to bed, or you hear about things like uh, what happened last night, and you go, man, I, I should pray but you're not really sure what to pray or who should pray for or when are other times that you should pray. Why should we pray? You can learn about prayer in church. You can learn about prayer reading your Bible. You can learn about prayer when you're in small groups, but you can only learn to pray by praying. And so our what we've been doing uh, throughout this whole month and what we're going to do again uh, after service today is we're going to give you an opportunity to, to pray again. Because I can talk about how to pray. I can talk about how to swim, but you're never going to know really how to swim until you get into the pool. So uh, today we're going to give you an opportunity to get into the pool. Uh, maybe uh, towards the end of the service you're going to be like, oh my gosh, Matt, I don't know how to pray. Please don't make me pray out loud. I don't know what to say. Uh, look, here's the deal. This is something we all need to know. If you've been coming to church your whole life, you, you feel like you're like, I'm a ninja at prayer. Some of those people you just hear them praying, you're like, dang, bro, that guy, oh, he prays. He prays, bro. Uh, no, but, but look, none of us, none of us are such beginners that we cannot start to pray. And none of us are such experts that we cannot grow in prayer. So uh, if you guys are taking notes, that you can write that down. That's kind of been a, a theme throughout the whole thing. And Jesus says we should always pray and never give up. Always pray and never give up. Always pray and never give up. He paints this picture or we should bring God our, our hopes, our dreams, our desires uh, of our heart. We should take those and go to God in prayer no matter what. Always pray and never give up. God answers prayer in several ways. God answers prayer in several ways. One way is yes. A lot of times those are the, the good ones. <laughs> God, give me this. Yes. Awesome. Uh, maybe, maybe God says no. Sometimes that's a little harder to receive. And then other times, God says, wait. Sometimes that's even the hardest one, because maybe you just want an answer now. But God's answer is good, and it's going to be a yes, but he's saying, wait now. Uh, this morning, we're going to be in John chapter 15. <clears throat> now, now, Jesus, in John chapter 15, he's with his disciples for the last time. Uh, this is their, their last huddle up together. He's, uh, he's telling them that he's going to leave them. He's going to die. He's going to be crucified and the disciples, they're, they're not psyched about it. But, but he's in essentially his final moments with them. In your final moments, what would you talk about? What would you talk about? I think you'd talk about the things that were the most important to you. If you knew that your life was going to end like in five minutes, you would start thinking about the things that were the most important to you. Uh, I'm terrified of roller coasters, so I've had these kind of moments when I'm on a roller coaster. I remember my, uh, my girlfriend back in eighth grade, she, she was like, oh, let's go on this one at Six Flags Great America in Chicago, and, and we're, we're going up. She's like, oh, it's easy, it's easy, it's not a big deal. And, and it ended up being the scariest one uh, of them all. If you guys have ever been there, it's called uh, Raging Bull, and it's terrifying. And you start to go up, and 
the worst sound, if you're afraid of heights or roller coasters, is the ching, 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 as you're going up. And, and, and you know, it's eighth grade, so you know, what's up? We're holding hands. We're holding hands. But I, I don't feel manly at all, because I'm reaching over, and my hand is, is trembling. And, and I'm, I'm sweaty. My hand is, like, like, dripping. It's like, I could be going like that, and, like, the whole ride would get soaked. And she goes, oh, you're really scared, aren't you? And I go, yeah, I told you I'm terrified of roller coasters. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. This is the worst one. <laughs> Because once you get to the top, it goes down at almost uh, a 90-degree angle straight down. It goes into the ground, but you can't really see that you're going, like, underground. It looks like you're going into ground, and, and it's terrifying. And I, you know how they take the, the picture of you uh, like that? Okay, my picture was like this. <laughs> and and uh, something terrifying even happened. I was so stressed that I got a Charlie horse in my leg, and my leg kind of dangled like this. And I was like, ah! And it was, it was horrible, and it was terrifying, okay? And in your last moments, what are you thinking about? And, and maybe Jesus wasn't <laughs> screaming like that when he was talking with his disciples, but he, he gets his time. In John chapter 15, it's one of his last moments with his disciples, and, and he talks about this. He talks about prayer. He spends a bunch of time talking about prayer. And why is that? Because to Jesus, nothing was more important than prayer. It's one of your blanks right now. To Jesus, nothing was more important than prayer. Nothing was more important than prayer. You see, Jesus, he knew that as his disciples succeeded in prayer, that the early church would succeed after Jesus left. As the disciples succeeded in prayer, the church would succeed. And I think that I think that's the same for us today. What would change in your life if you were succeeding in prayer? If you gave God your best time instead of those final moments before you fell asleep and you had, God, tonight I just want to thank you for, and you fell asleep. What, what would happen if, if you were succeeding in prayer? Um, look, there's this uh, famous theologian, his name is John Wesley, and he says this, he goes, uh, God does nothing but by prayer and everything with it. God does nothing but by prayer, but everything with it. So basically he's saying that, that, that God isn't doing anything unless we pray, and our prayer moves God. Uh, in the Bible, it tells us that only God can move mountains, but it's our prayer that moves God. Does that blow your mind a little bit? The more I learn about prayer, the more my mind just... We were uh, in, in Mexico last week for the mission trip in Monterey, and uh, all we heard were these stories of people that were accomplishing great things for the name of God through prayer. Every story, every story of, of someone who needed money for something, every story that they needed a family to come in and, and, and help out these orphaned kids, every time they needed a building built, they needed a new van, a new uh, anything, it was a story about them praying and then God answering their prayer. <laughs> Nothing great happens except through prayer. So let's read John 15 together and learn about how to succeed in prayer. John 15, verses 1 through 8. Uh, this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the true vine, and the, my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it would be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And listen to this. Abide in me. As I also abide in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. 
Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not abide in me, you are like the branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Not good. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. Listen to this. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So Jesus is saying two things. He's saying two things. Number one, abide in me and you'll produce fruit. What is, what is fruit? Uh, I, I think that um, if people looked at Christians and Christians were uh, producing fruit in their lives, uh, in uh, Galatians it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. And, and if we as Christians showed that fruit, then people would look at us and be like, dang, that's awesome. That's some cool fruit. How can I get that miracle grow? I want to I be producing fruit like that in my life. So Jesus is saying this, abide in me and you will produce fruit. And number two, if you abide in me, if, if you abide, if you abide, you can ask anything in prayer and it will be given to you. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about the first thing. All right, we're going to talk about this abiding, abiding prayer, okay? Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the second thing, about the ask anything. And I'm telling you, next week could be, like, literally the most mind-blowing transformational thing. It's, it's the biggest thing I've ever heard next to the gospel of Christ dying on, on a cross for me. Outside of that, what I'm going to teach on next week is the biggest, most influential thing that's ever happened in my spiritual growth. So, uh, um, you don't want to miss it. So this week we're on kind of part one. Abide, abide in me. Uh, what does it mean to abide? What does it mean to abide? To, to abide, it means this. It means to, to remain, to, to dwell, to, to be present, to stand, to, to just be with, okay? God's saying, be with me, be with me, be with me. Look, a, abiding prayer is relational, Abiding prayer is relational. If, uh, our goal of it is to try to draw near to God. James 4.8, uh, it says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. It's that same idea of abide in me and I will abide in you. We're trying to draw near to God. That's actually the goal of abiding prayer. The goal of abiding prayer is to be near to God. That's your next blank. The goal of abiding prayer is to be near to God. The goal is relationship. Listen to me here. Most people know that God is loving. Right? Most, you would say, yeah, God is a loving God. But there's a difference between knowing that God is love and God is a loving God and God is loving me. Okay? God isn't this distant cosmic being that just sits and looks over these people and he says, look at these people. These are my people. He, that's not... Like, he knows you, and you, and you, and you, and God doesn't just love us as like a group, but he loves you specifically. He knows the amount of hairs that are on your head. He knows the amount of gray hairs that continue to just come in, because I, I hang out with you guys too much. Uh, but, but God knows you. It's not just God is love, but God is loving me. That's really important. This whole idea of abiding prayer, yeah, you have to understand that God's goal is personal. It's relationship. The goal of abiding prayer is to be near to God, and if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. 
when you have an encounter with God, you, you, you kind of have this nearness feeling, right? Have any of you ever had that? Maybe it was at, at camp or, or on a mission trip or, uh, or, or during worship. Or maybe a late night conversation with a friend about faith. And you guys started talking and praying. And all of a sudden, man, it's just like God was like sitting in the room with you. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? That nearness, okay? That, that is the goal. When, when you're abiding with God, you'll, you'll feel that nearness more often. It's an incredible moment because you're, you're in that like state in that moment. It's like an increased relationship. That, that's what we're doing, abiding prayer. You're increasing your relationship with God. Uh, look, you're, you're moving from an understanding of who God might be to who God is to you. We've got to stop thinking of God as this distant, this distant being and think of it on a more personal level. Not just who is God, but who is God to you. Can I have a, can I have a cutesy moment with you guys? A little pastoral cutesy moment? Yeah, fellas, just stay with me, all right? Guys, I love pillow talk before bedtime with my wife. That's like my favorite thing about being married. A little pillow talk. It's cute, okay? Uh, look, she is, Car- Carlin is my wife. She is my best friend. I, I love her to death, okay? Now, in, in those moments before we go to bed, we do a few things. We, we pray together every night. We read a couple's devotional, and we also just talk about our day. Um, she works nights, so we don't get to do that every single night, but we do it before she goes into work, if that's the case. Uh, but, but we always get that kind of that connecting time, because, you know, our schedules are crazy, and, and maybe we don't get it, like, hours during the day, or hours in the morning, or anything like that to talk. But before we go to bed, we have this time together. And, uh, like, most of my, my favorite moments with her have been those kind of conversations, where we just get to connect, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's critical to our relationship. It's critical to our relationship because no matter what kind of day we've had, that gets us on the same page. It gets us uh, to just kind of have an understanding of, of who she is, who I am in that moment. Because, you know, guys, like some days, you know, one day you're going to get married maybe and, and uh, you're going to come home and you're going to have a crappy day. And they didn't live your crappy day. And you have to find a healthy way to communicate that difference of what your day was like to what their day was like. And that's, that's what that time is. And, and so... Uh, I, like, I don't know what our relationship would look like if we, didn't, if we didn't do that. My marriage is the most important human relationship I have in this world. And, and maybe you guys have something like, you, you think about your most important human relationship that you have in this world. It's a, a best friend, a boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, a parent, uh, an aunt, a grandparent, something like that. You think of, of that relationship, and, and you should have time with them, right? If you don't get time with that person, how's your relationship look? rough. <laughs> Even on our mission trip, uh, she was hanging out in the girls' room, and I was hanging out in the guys' room, so we had to make sure that we had like 30 minutes before uh, we went to sleep um, to just kind of get away from everybody and, and just pray and talk, and, and those moments really helped us to connect, because guys, it's really easy for things to, to sneak in, and, and you to be on different pages. Communication is really hard <laughs> sometimes, uh, and look, so that's, that's that idea. We increase our relational time together to increase our relationship. And that's how it is with abiding prayer. With abiding prayer, you increase your relational time uh, with God to increase your relationship with God. Does that make sense? Increase relational time to increase relationship. Jesus tells us that we can ask whatever we want, anything. But first, we have to abide in him. Guys, uh, this can't be a checklist item. 
This abiding with God can't just be something that you need to do and then you just check it off and then you move on, okay? It's important, and it, like, when I think about uh, Carl and I's time before bed, like, I, we could go in and we could pray without really any heart into it, and we could read our little diva that takes a little bit of time and just say, wow, that was really special, and say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then go to bed. And, and, and that wouldn't really take us any steps closer to each other. We're both putting that effort in, and, and even, even when we're exhausted, even when we're tired, even when we don't feel like it, we make ourselves do that. <laughs> we're uh, on the, the mission trip. The last night we were there, we had to get up at one o'clock in the morning to, to start our travel day. That was a good time, right, guys? And, and so we wake up, and, and, or we're getting ready to go to bed, and it's like an hour and a half before we have to wake up. And we're like, oh my gosh, can we just skip? Can we just not pray tonight? Like, we're just going to, I'll see you in the morning. And it's like, no, 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 hold on. We need to, we need to do this. And, and we just kind of focused and took that time together. And it wasn't maybe as long as, as normal, but, but that happened. And that, that is important. And so it's the same thing in our relationship with God. Uh, look, if, if you don't remember this, you're going to miss out on abiding prayer. But abiding equals relationship, okay? Abiding equals relationship. This is about relationship, not a task. <clears throat> and so here's, here's where we're going today. We're going we're gonna to take some time, and we're going to learn about what abiding prayer means to us, all right? That Listen to this. This is the last blank in your notes if you're, if you're taking notes. And it says this, that abiding prayer isn't something that you accomplish for God. It puts you in a place where you can accomplish, or where God can accomplish something in you. I'm going to say it again because I messed it up. Abiding prayer isn't something that you accomplish for God. It puts you in a place where God can accomplish something in you. If you abide in me, you can ask anything in prayer and it will be given to you. Guys, when we are abiding in Christ, we can ask these things and it will be given to us. And, and so what we're going to do right now is we're going to kind of talk about how, the how-to of abiding prayer. What do I do? Right now I have a, a cup. Pretty exciting stuff, right? I go out of the way to do this for you. All right, so I have a cup, all right? And, and this is something that I've done in my prayer life in the past, because sometimes I go to God. Have any of you guys ever like tried to pray and you're just like, man, God, I, I just don't even really know where to start right now. Like, all right, here we go. God, thank you. Amen? Cool. Yeah, no, but here, this is, I'm going to give everyone in here a, a red cup. You can come up and get it um, when the band comes up here in a minute. And, and I want you to ask yourself a few questions with this kind of mindset. This cup represents us, right? We are an empty cup. This whole idea of abiding, it, it's relationship, and we're asking that God would fill us up. And when God fills us up, we can do incredible things, all right? So, so you have this empty cup, and you say, God, I'm empty. Fill me up. And you're like, well, what else do I pray about? Uh, throw, the, throw the next slide up. And here are some questions that you can ask or, or some things that you can say. It says, uh, God, today I release to you my, whatever, my stress, my fear, my anxiety, my my." distrust in you, that you don't have a person, uh, a, a future relationship for me. Uh, God, I, I, I'm going to give all of that to you. I release that to you. God, today I need from you help, strength, encouragement, energy. 
I prayed that a million times in Mexico because we were exhausted the whole time. And every single time I ate, uh, I sat down and I was very intentional. I said, God, I am this. Please fill me up. May this food get me. Like right now I'm praying for lunch. God, would this food help me to survive till the snack that I'm going to eat in two hours? And then when I ate the gummies, the, uh, the gummies, and I'd eat those and then the, like the goldfish and I'd say, God, let this give me energy until dinner and then dinner help me to just make it until I go to sleep. And God, give me this rest so I could sleep, and then I, tomorrow I can make it and, and keep going on. God, today I need from you. Or maybe uh, another thing that fills up your cup is this, God, today I confess that. As we need to confess our, our sins to God, whatever you're struggling with, he knows. God knows already. Whatever you're hiding, it's not... You're not doing a good job. It's like when you play hide-and-seek with a two-year-old and they're standing behind, like, the noodle curtain and they're just, <laughs> you, like, hear that? And you, like, look over and you clearly see him. Like, that's, that's us trying to hide our sin from God. And so God's saying, look, just give that to me. Confess to me. And that's, that's that moment of surrender. And God, maybe that fills your cup up a little bit. God, help me to overcome. There's stuff that some of you guys are going through in your life that there's no way that you can ever do it by yourself. You look at the odds, and the odds are against you. You say, God, help me to overcome the brokenness in my family. Maybe your parents are separated. Maybe you have dealt with really serious stuff, really serious stuff, and you're saying, God, I I can't overcome this. My past is just, these scars are too deep. I'll never get over it. I'll never forgive this person. Uh, I'll never move on. God, fill me up. We are an empty cup. This empty cup is a representation that without God, we can't really accomplish much for God. And that our prayer is kind of a form of desperation. Our, our prayer is, is desperation. And that maybe you've met some people that are like really, really good at prayer. And you're like, man, I want to pray like that. Well, guess what? They're not good at prayer because they've learned how to speak eloquently and say the words right. No, they're, they're good at prayer because they've run out of other options. And they're desperate, and they're saying, God, fill me. Nothing else in this life can fill me like you. Finally, if you don't know what to pray for, you're like, as I'm talking about all this stuff, maybe some thoughts came to your mind, like, ooh, I should be praying for that, I should be praying for that. Uh, if you can't think of what to pray for, this is what you're going to pray for, okay? Because nobody in here is, is above this. Pray for your pride and your purity. Pray for your pride and your purity. We all need to be humbled. There was a moment, probably even today where you saw somebody else and you said, I could do it better than that. I could, look at how they're dressed. They look, they look dumb. Like, they should have my style. No, that's not what I said. Uh, but, but, like, whatever it is, or, or your purity, your, your thoughts, you've thought something, because you're human, you've thought something uh, that, that, was, that was not of God about one of your peers or about something you saw on, on the internet or somebody posted some picture at the beach in their bikini on Instagram, and you let your mind wander. Look, hey, pray for pride and purity if you don't know what else to pray for. God, say, I'm an empty cup. Fill me up. And what I want you to do is uh, the band's going to come forward right now, and they're going to play a song. And, and this, this first song isn't about you guys singing. There aren't going to be any words up on the screen. We're just going to leave those, those thoughts up on the screen. And I want you to come up to the front and take a cup, and you could just write, Abide. Abide on it. Because that's our goal. We're, we're trying to abide in God. We just want to be near, drawn near, nearness, chase nearness. 
chase nearness, because this goal of being Christian is being more like Jesus, okay? And we chase nearness to increase our likeness. Chase nearness to God to increase likeness to God. So come up here, write abide on it, and then just go back to your seat or go to a corner or go in the back and just pray during this first song. And then after that's over, the band's going to invite you back up to the front, and I challenge you to enter into a time of worship. I'm going to pray, and then they're, they're going to kick it off. God, um, we, need, we need you big time. We need way more of you. We are this empty cup. Fill us up. God, when we draw closer to you, I pray that you would be there and you would fill us up. You called us to these really cool things. You called us to reach out into our schools, into our communities, into our families, and tell people about you. But we're not perfect. Why would anyone listen to us? Not because of us, but because of who you are. God, help us to draw near to you that you could fill us up so we could pour ourselves out for your sake. We could be hope and encouragement in a broken world. There, there are groups, entire people groups, of different religious beliefs or, or, uh, or backgrounds or orientations that are scared right now because people are responding in anger and saying horrible things about what happened in this shooting in this club. God, hey, and, and right now what we need to do is the church is not to, to point out the darkness, but to turn on the lights. God, and we are hopeless to do that without you. The world is just going to continue to be broken as long as we try to do it on our own But it's when we turn to you that we're able to provide healing and hope to a broken place. God, fill us up. Fill us up. Pray all these things in your name. Amen.